Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business podcast from the Business in Vancouver newspaper and from BIV.com. I'm Haley Wooden. Where can your money be most wisely invested? Who do you hire? Which opportunities fit best with your goals? Answers to these questions and more will be discussed at BIV's upcoming Strategic Wealth Management Panel. This is part of our ongoing Business Excellence Series. The event takes place November 8th at the Vancouver Club. You can find more information and get tickets over at BIV.com events. My next guest has completed a cross-country trip to hear the stories of women in Canadian tech. Ali Close joined our program last year to talk about the initiative, and she has since visited 30 tech communities, heard and analyzed more than 1,600 stories from women and men in tech, and developed a community-driven action plan for fostering gender equity in the sector. Ali Close is the co-founder of Women in Tech World, and she joins me once again in studio. Welcome back. So... One of the this is quite the really endeavor, really a great experience to go country, all throughout go the country and hear different community well experiences. What were some of your key takeaways? Is that it's, it's a small tech community, vast, vast country. We're in an RV, so it uh, was quite the journey in uh, 1991 Winnebago, but it, it is uh, quite a small industry in Canada. And so with that, <laughs> being able to really figure out and identify what are what are the successes that are happening and how can we really connect those across the country for everyone to learn from each other that was a a big learning for us is how disconnected everyone was at the community conversations people would come in and say oh i'm looking for a mentor or funding different uh pieces like that and someone else in the room would say oh actually come and see out what Women's Enterprise Center has these different resources, excuse me, and that it's very, very disconnected. People don't even know what's in their own community, small or large. Interesting. Why do you think that is? There's been so much local, provincial, national attention. There's many efforts to try and get more women into tech. Why do you think we have a disconnect still? So one of the key pieces in a community is the tech accelerators. And so once you're in, then and you know about it, that's what we heard is you have the resources, you're connected with the people. But if you're outside of the tech industry, it's very hard to find what is that spot and where is that point that I need to get connected with to get in. In the bigger cities, there isn't one point. So that's also a problem because you're, you don't have one spot to go to find out where the resources are. And so even with all of the resources and funding that has gone towards it, there still needs to be this online center where and have that marketed across the country where people can go and find out because it's very disjointed at this point. How often will you have, say, a woman come up through an accelerator type program and enter the broader tech sector versus some other path into the sector and so is maybe more disconnected from those those programs? So there are a lot of women actually that don't have that traditional career path that are coming in and doing a career transition into tech or have what we heard actually across the country as well is during elementary school and high school, young girls are being told, oh, science and math, that's too hard. That's too difficult. And that just, I still, every time I say it, I get chills. It's very that uh, still frustrating. Happens? And yes. Really? And that. 
that's what was so surprising to me as well, being um, in the industry and we're promoting over and over like young for young girls to try STEM, get involved. And yeah, so it was it wasn't only one time we heard it over and over and over again. And so that piece as well. A lot of times women or young girls will go end up going into business or arts because of this redirection. And then once they're in the field, want to explore, end up learning more about tech and want to explore it. So mm. We hear increasingly often, of course, partnerships within the university and post-secondary space, increasingly in high school. Do you think one of the solutions is to maybe introduce these programs and these ideas at the elementary level? Yes. And we heard that that resonated with the 1600 people that we talked to across the country. That was one of the major pieces was start tech education very young, five years or younger. And even those gender stereotypes are starting at that age. So when we were analyzing and looking at the barriers and stories that came out of the report, it's we really took a holistic approach looking at next generation women in career transition and then women working in the tech industry because there are... It, really does start right away the microaggressions and different pieces that affect a young girl's decision to go into tech. And then there's also women who are working in the industry that also need support um, to stay there. And what are the different pieces from a workplace perspective, uh, from parental um, support, the those policies within the workplace around diversity and hiring and uh, leadership, mentorship. Mm -hmm. And in the report, you kind of identify broadly these five big barriers facing women in Canadian tech. Can you overview for me what these are and sort of what you learned in speaking to women across the country? Yes. So there were five distinct uh, barriers that came out. And it when we list them in the report, they are actually based on the ones that came up the most. And it's starting off was bias and discrimination. And so bias and discrimination really talks about when we're explaining it, it's based on what the participants said. So they defined it as it's condescending, racist, sexist remarks, old school attitudes, uh, as well as organizational culture is another barrier um, Looking at just isolation, being the only woman within your workspace, mm. and then the other side of it being the bro culture because it's male-dominated, having those like beer pong and different things that don't always relate. Um, then going into more of the education side, so at a company, what are the technical training and support that can happen in the school? Where can we, as we talked about, starting early, uh, right away in elementary school, getting kids working with different technologies, and then um, all the way into diversity and inclusion training. And so that shouldn't only be happening at uh, the workplace as well, that should also be happening in schools. And that's what, um, so just to reiterate, like everything that I'm saying is actually what the 1600 women and men mm -hmm. that we talk to across the country. So that's what they um, see as really needed and working in the space, what they have identified in Canada. What did you hear from some of the men who came out and spoke with you? So a big piece actually was education. So they came out and said, I had no idea that these were the barriers that women were facing at work. And it's it's just because they aren't experiencing it. So that's uh, they were very happy to be in the conversations identifying this and be an ally. Um, but 
yeah, a lot of them were shocked because they just didn't realize that it was happening. And with that, that's why the Canada's Gender Equity Roadmap, our report is very important because for women working in the industry, like myself, we we see the challenges and barriers over and over again. But for people that aren't experiencing them, to be able to have the report and it dives into the qualitative side. So we know there's low participation, but why is this the case? And being able to really take that report and see the stories, see what's happening um, from stories around sexism to uh, guidance counselors that aren't supportive, these different root causes of what's happening and really address that. Would you say there's a level of consistency in what you heard from communities through to major cities, or do the challenges and the barriers start to shift when you go from, say, a smaller town to a a region? So the biggest difference that we saw was from the smaller towns to a region or metro is because there aren't as many resources there from companies that are be, they're just looking to have resources to support the general community. So taking that next step and being able to have that gender conversation, to be able to talk about diversity and inclusion, that's where we saw the shift is that companies in bigger cities are and have the funds to be able to start that conversation. And it's really just the beginning is what we're hearing of the, the conversations happening. It doesn't doesn't mean that it's actually being implemented across the board. But in the smaller cities, it's just the opportunities being there to start to have different um, like girls in code groups and be able to have resources to like support job opportunities. One in Brandon, Manitoba, what we heard was it was very interesting because it's a very small town and they, it, their motto um, that kept resonating was we have to be resourceful and look outside of our town and mm. go global. So they had this global mindset of they were working with uh, developers outside of Canada and all of those different pieces because they had to um, because the develop developers move out of the town very quickly because there's not a lot of uh, opportunity or resources seen there. Mm -hmm. So obviously the the journey you took and the report you now have are great starting points. From your perspective, what needs to happen next? So one of the pieces that the whole point of our research was really to create action within Canada. And so this is a starting point to understand what's happening, what does the landscape look like, and the next step is to take action on that. So we have started our, in October this year, launching community activations to take the research. It's an innovation challenge for a day. We hosted in five cities, so Vancouver, Saskatoon, Sault Ste. Marie, uh, St. John and Montreal will be in January next year. Uh, we will have the report in French as well. And to be able to do this, it's to take the research, go through design thinking, prototyping, support the teams from a mentorship perspective. And at the end of the day, the top three teams get $10,000 in in-kind resources to help support start the program or tool. Mm. And so with that, we worked with ProtoHack in Vancouver to be able to do that. And so we have 12 now ideas that are starting and we're supporting those uh, within each city. And so the big piece is just to take it, even if it's a small action, out of our community conversations, 
in New Brunswick, one of the big pieces was everyone, if you were on one woman's email list, then you knew about the resources and events for women. If you weren't, then you had no idea. So there, out of that community conversation, right away they started a Facebook group and now it's open to everyone instead of just if you knew this one woman. And even if that's just one small way that you can help and um, create a change. So I encourage everyone to take one small action. And through the report, you'll see different ideas of big or small, what you can do. And just to give a quick sense for our audience here from the business world, what would be an example of a small, quick action some businesses and business leaders could take if they wanted to start facilitating change? So one interesting piece is around gender stereotypes and having uh it using photos that have diverse um, people in different roles and even using that this is one small change on your screensavers so instead of at work having um yeah different if it's like business cases and different ways that you interact with a customer using diverse photos and having those across the screensavers for the employees to see on a regular basis of how everyone within the company can work together and in different ways. That's a very interesting example one I never would have thought of. I think I'm a landscaper something yeah. my screensaver, but again I guess to your point a very small simple thing wouldn't cost really anything to implement if you didn't want it to, but can have a, a broader impact. Exactly. That's the, piece, that's the piece. And that is just one small way. There are a lot of big ways, but... Um, mm-hmm. Great. Well, Ali, a pleasure having you back on the program. Best of luck with your next rollout as you carry through to the action phase. And we'll have to have you back on the show again to talk about how that goes. Thank you so much, Haley. That's Ali Close. She's the co-founder of Women in Tech World. That's it for our show today. Thanks for listening to BIV Today. You can subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. You can share our show on social media, which we would really appreciate. And of course, you can listen to episodes and read more business news over at BIV.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.